0: Hello and welcome, my partners in crime. Welcome to another solved crime, this one. Uh, I've been doing a lot of unsolved crimes lately, but this is a solved crime Um and really well known, really to tell you the truth, Manson family, okay? And this is Tex Watson, also known as Charles Watson or Charles Tex Watson Jr. is his name, but his family knew him as Charles Watson. Um, And he was just a normal kid, wasn't he really, I suppose, when you think about it. He was a, um, some might say, even exceptional one when he was younger. Um, And it just turns out that he's probably (laughs) one of the most evil killers, really, that I think American history has ever seen. Charles Manson, yes, has always had this um, aura around him of manipulation and how he can do things and that he wasn't a killer like this one and so really before we get into the story of him his whole life story really starting from when he was young to his incarceration to everything else a warning goes out with this because I'm going to talk about now the murders in this one and they are gruesome they are gruesome murders this man was a serious killer in his own right and I think really if it wouldn't have been for Charles Manson would he have been a killer Probably. I think he probably would have. You know, there's influences, isn't there, and you can be influenced certain to a certain amount. But with what text did, you know, this is, um, he is a killer in his own right. So you know what to do before we start on this case, this solved case. You can um, subscribe to the channel by hitting any subscribe button. I think Lacey puts the watermark of Murder Analyzed in the corner. You can click on that. You can also put the thumbs up, which um, helps with the algorithm. You can hit the bell, which gives you notifications of when new cases are coming up. And um, now more than ever, I think I'm putting up more and more. I've wrote about nine or ten in the last couple of days. So you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. This at some point, this case, um, because this is a members only case for now, At some point I think because of the data it takes to hold these cases we'll probably go onto Spotify and then maybe be released onto public at some point I don't know yet Um, but they're quite difficult to store as anyone could you know imagine with this amount of data um, in these videos and to hold them and keep them safe and not take up all my storage so for now this is for members only so welcome members to the case. Of Tex Watson. So Tex, and we're going to call him Tex throughout this um, video, now his hometown was in uh, Farmersville uh, in Texas and it's about an hour northeast of Dallas and he attended a church and he became a youth group leader um, in his home state of Texas. He was an A grade student and a star athlete in the football and basketball and track and field so this boy and this is why i say exceptional because academically he was exceptional athletically he was you know really he just really was an all-round good american kid wouldn't he if he was your son wouldn't you have been proud of him as his family was now he attended college in North Texas State University, um, but then he visited a friend in California, and I think that's what changed his life forever. Also, this is from Texas' um, point of view. You know, he's done various interviews and stuff, and wrote his books and stuff, hasn't he? Uh, so a lot of this stuff is taken from really what he says, and um, I will get back. We'll get more into that after what I think about what Tex really says, whether it's the truth or not. So getting back to his education really, I think upon graduating, and of course he graduated he had such good grace to graduate from high school, um, Tex then chose to go to the North Texas State University in Denton. Now Denton is really a far cry I suppose from his small town upbringing that he, you know, (laughs) was used to and some really believe that this is where and um, Tex's character changed and he really he I think he had such a closed in perfect childhood if you'd like to say it that way he was brought up you know very well there was no abuse here there was no um he wasn't starving he didn't have to fight for anything he didn't have to steal to you know, he had all the comforts, you know, when we say things that may affect people as a child, you know, where they haven't got the safety, they haven't got, you know, they're not being fed, their welfare's not met. This wasn't the case with Tex at all. He had it all. He's the one that chose, once he left that safety of that, I don't know, closed sort of upbringing, well-managed upbringing, as when he went to university and the doors opened for him and he saw what the world could offer him in the party scene world, the drug world, um, the drinking, you know, he then changed. And listen, many kids, when they go to university, let their hair down and this, that and the other and they party and, you know, their grades drop a bit, but they soon sort themselves out after the first six months to, to a year. That's what normally happens, you know, kids grow up and this is all a part of the learning process, but I think with Tex, he enjoyed it so much, and he got into that scene in such a deep way that he had no intention of ever going back, not really. So now you think, okay, you know, (laughs) you're trying to fund now this university lifestyle, this party lifestyle, so his funds started really to deplete quite quickly, and then he decided that he needed to get a job. So he got a job, with um, I think it's it was a, a Bramford Airlines as a baggage handler. Now, you know, <laughs> we're talking about the 60s. So a baggage handler now, and then he seemed to get a lot of free flights with his job, which you would have. And then he starts to fly to Los Angeles about eight times in two months, and you know he says to visit old friends, you know fraternity brothers and stuff like that. I would more say at looking at this man and his travel habits at that point and this time when we know the mob in America run you know this sort of drug uh, in and out of different states you know who better to have really than a person who was a baggage handler a youth really wanting the lifestyle wanting the money um I would say Tex was probably flying in and out of you know Denton to Los Angeles not just to see his friends but probably doing other things and uh, that then got him quickly then into that lifestyle didn't it so uh, they said you know he says he really fell in love with California I bet he did You know, it was an easy lifestyle in them days, especially if you had a little bit of money and that uh, he never looked back. And I don't think he even made a semester at that university, his degree. That was it. His education in university, all the hopes and dreams that his family had for him, had gone. Now, this man was on his own, wasn't he? He now chose his own lifestyle and uh, it was a lifestyle that if you want to blame it on drugs or you want to blame it on Manson or whatever, that's what he fell into really, but I don't really believe that you can blame anybody for anything, it's called having free will. I think he went to Cal State, California State actually University and that's where he dropped out, so he sort of transferred from one university to another and uh, he dropped out, anyway, that was it, that was it, Um, you know, he just wanted to live in the fast lane, didn't he, you know, you can't have it all, you can't um, sacrifice your life to educate yourself and and stuff, and that's what university is, isn't it, that's what education is, you're there for never four years, you know, you have a career, there's the life of being normal, um, a normal working person, living life, you know, with morals, and in the law or you choose the life that he had chose which I do think and I would I'd like to swear on it really if I could that this man was some sort of a drug smuggler for anyway for that period of time and he was already into that lifestyle I think he was just so much of a manipulator as Charles Manson he really was this man knew what he was doing from quite a young age. He made his own choices in life. He gave up university, even though his family had supported him all this time. He had this upbringing. He had everything that you would need to succeed in life, legally succeed in life. But he chose the other route. And I think this is where whoever he had got with, his life was already on this downhill run from there. It already started. So one evening he was driving home and he picked up a hitchhiker. The hitchhikers were pretty common, actually, in this area, this sunset area. They pulled over and picked up. And when um, I think he told him his name, his name was Dennis Wilson. Now, um, I don't think it really meant anything to him at the time, or so he says. It didn't mean anything to him at the time. Um, but he was one of the Beach Boys. Now, he comes in and out a lot of this, doesn't he, throughout the Manson case, really. And um, I think he was um, impressed by him. He was impressed by him. So, you know, I think Wilson was the Beach Boys drummer, actually. Uh, Then he says to Wilson, he takes him to his house on Sunset Boulevard in the Pacific Palisades of Los Angeles. Now, of course, this man's got quite a large home. He's, he's a drummer with the Beach Boys and they were massive in their time, wasn't they, the Beach Boys? Um, and I think when he pulled up at this house, Tex was quite shocked at the size of it, at the the mansion type home that this man lived in. and. Um, I think from where Tex came from, yes, he had a good home. but It was quite a modest home. There was nothing extravagant about it. These were godly people. that didn't go much for stuff. So I think Tex was quite, you know, really overwhelmed at the size and, and the look of this home and, and to think that someone owned a home like this. It really actually, in his words, sort of, you know, took his breath away a little bit. He was like, my gosh you know, look at this. Uh, And then, of course, Dennis Wilson invites him in. And he couldn't believe it. This is what he's telling you. He's picked him up, he's drove him home to this mansion, and then the bloke says, come in, have a drink. That's how he met Charles Manson. So as he's gone in, He's, there's a bloke sitting on the floor and surrounded by girls. He's got a guitar and he's playing his music and stuff. And uh, I think, you know, Watson recalls, you know, there was about six girls or six women running around him and, you know, it was all free-for-all, wasn't it then, and stuff. And I think someone said to him, oh, that's Charlie. That's Charlie Manson. And then, you know, I think... Watson said "Then he was hooked then, because of course then the drugs are coming out. You know, you have now this lifestyle, don't you? You're in uh, this home, you're overwhelmed by this property. You've got this singer, you know, and Charles Manson, give him that, wasn't a bad singer. Quite entertaining. The girls, so it was free sex, free drugs. And this man, so in his own words says that That was it. It was like a community, that he says, that really drew him in. It was a sense of community that drew him in. And he says he sort of didn't have that before, but I think he did. You see, he was brought up in the church. He was brought up with good people. He was a youth leader. Of course he had the community. It just, it wasn't the community that he wanted. They wasn't doing the free drugs. You know, the drugs, the LSD, the coke, the anything they could get their hands on. They wasn't having group multiple sexual partners and doing what they wanted. These were normal people. Tex wanted this sort of community. He was attracted to this sort of community. And that was it. He was in. Tex says that he remembers Charlie saying something about love you know finding love letting yourself love and he said he suddenly realized what that's what he'd been looking for was love he sort of says not that he wasn't loved but he says it was a different love he was after not the same love as that he's got from his mum and his dad and his sisters and stuff that wasn't the love that he was looking for now don't get this is text saying this he wanted love in the love that was talked about in the songs. These songs meant something to him. The words in them songs meant something to Tex. They really did. He wanted the kind of love that didn't ask you for anything, didn't judge you. There was no rules, no regulations attached to that sort of love. He wanted to be free. And that's exactly what he found in the Manson family. That's what a lot of these kids were attracted to. And most of these kids that were in the Manson family had some form of bad upbringing or background. This was not the case with Tex. I think as Manson's group family become bigger, and it was quite big actually, to tell you the truth. In the early days, this group you know, started then to take acid and LSD, you know do the acid trips and all this sort of stuff. and then Manson saw that he had power. Now if you've watched Manson, the free part one what we did, you understand from Manson's childhood that he used to he had to manipulate, he had to to survive. Manson knew about behavior. He could see if he could manipulate you or not. He could tell that just from speaking to you or your actions. If he couldn't manipulate you, he wouldn't even bother. Remember when he was being raped and abused in the early days in the uh, institutions he was in, he pretended to be mad. He pretended to be something he wasn't, to stop them attacks. Manson was very, very good at making people believe something that wasn't real. But with the LSD and with everything else they were taking, and Manson not always took it. He looked like he took it, but he didn't because Manson liked to be in control. All these others were taking it, and then you had this bizarre teachings that he was doing because he wanted to belong, Manson. He wanted to control because he's had no control all his bloody life really so he had to it was he was drawn by it he wanted to have followers he wanted to be famous and he wanted to be famous in however way he could get it and for him these followers whether they were on LSD they listened to him they loved his songs they loved him didn't they that's what they loved they loved Charles Manson and Tex at that point in them early days was actually no different, really. In the early days, he was no different to the rest of them. So in November 1968, Tex moved in then to the Manson family, he really joined it then, that was it, he was in. And that was on that Spahn Ranch, you know that rundown movie set they used, really, that was it. Uh, now, you had the George Spahn, now he was 80 year old, and he was um, like nearly blind and the girls used to look after him, you know, keep him, keep him happy, if you like to say that. Um, and so they sort of, this is where then they congregated, they lived, they played their music, they set their plans up of what they were going to do. Now listen, these were criminals before they'd done murder. And actually, we'll say it now, the nine murders are what they're up for, or they was up for and got prosecuted for, was not the only murders that they did. I think the uh, LAPD now are and and continue to have over the many years to look into other murders of what these people have done uh, before this and uh, there are a lot of them unsolved and we'll go into that a little bit later on but there was things happening at this ranch way before these murders that we're going to talk about came about, I think. Citizen Tex was quite young wasn't he really, you know as I said his name was Tex Denton um, or Charles Denton Tex Watson, Jr. and he was born on the 2nd of December uh, 1945 uh, and he is an American murderer and he was the central member, this is what the court has said, of the Manson family led by Charles Manson. That part I actually disagree with, really. And I've told you in the last Manson ones why I've sort of disagreed with that because I think it should have been the Charles Denton Tex Watson family, not the Charles Manson family. Charles Manson, and as we go through it with him and and Tex, um, you know, <laughs> Tex is a killer. And as I think we go through this, I'll explain it more what I mean about that. But listen. on the 9th of August um, 1969, um, Tex and um, other members of the uh, family and their followers uh, murdered pregnant actress Sarah Tate, four other people at uh, 1050 uh, Celo Drive um, in California. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a shocking murder, this murder, all right, it, it really is. It's a shocking murder. So she was, Sharon Tate, eight months pregnant, weeks off, really, having this child. Um, And I think this is probably what makes this case one of the worst. It it was the murders themselves, the way the murders were done. Now, Tex Watson and the others want you to believe that Charles Manson is the one that yes set this all up told them to do it and that for the reasons that we all know is because Charles Manson wanted revenge because he believed that people had let him down took his songs the beach boys had took his song changed the name of it and put it on the B side of their record really this is what it comes down to but these people were already murdering before this as well uh, if Charles didn't like you and stuff we didn't do as you was told You know, he was power hungry and it went to his head, absolutely. But the night of this murder, you know, and they traveled to Los Angeles and um, done all these murders terribly. Now, I think the first one, as he broke into the house, Tex, into Sharon Tate's house where she had friends staying around because Raymond Plancy was away, wasn't he, on business filming in London. She couldn't go because she was eight months pregnant, she couldn't go, and she could have had that baby at any moment. So she had some friends staying with her. Now one of her friends, the male friend, one was a hairdresser I think, he was asleep on the sofa and woke up to surrounded by Tex Watson and the others in this property. And it is said that Tex said to him, I am the devil and I'm going to kill you that's the first thing that he said to him so this man already knew now hang on your house is full of people hippies I suppose at that time you could call them you know hippies in my understanding was about free love and all this sort of stuff not about hate and murder but these were different hippies at this time so Tex and I'm going to talk about Tex at the moment, with these murders. Then gets everyone up, gets the girls to get everybody up and into the living room. Um, one of these men tries to fight him off and Tex um, shoots him first, dead. Then when the other lads tries to run out, now, Tex text stabs him, I think about 47 times and he's made it halfway out the door. One of the other girls then runs out and she's the heiress and she was there to, um, you know, assist, I suppose, with the baby, you know, just to be there for her friend, Sharon Tate. All these people were innocent, weren't they, really? She was stabbed outside uh, on the ground, on the the lawn, and she was continually stabbed again over 40 times. Frenzied attack, really, by text, frenzied. He had no care in what he'd done. After he'd done all that, he would have been covered in blood anyway, and he's gone back in to Sharon Tate as she's begging for her life with the others. And she, she's asking them, pleading with them, just let me have my baby and you kill me later. That's what she said. Now they tied a rope around one of her friend's necks and they'd also tied it around hers, thrown the rope over the beam in the room and Sharon Tate was also stabbed to death, as was the friend. Now there are rumours that They tried to cut the baby out of her, that's untrue, but they did stab her, and stab her, and stab her, and stab her Um, in her uterus area. The baby and her, um, I think her death wasn't, I think she watched everyone else die, and um, she was the last one to die. When they first arrived at the property, there was a young lad um, looking after the property in the guest house, he'd had a mate round, they had had drugs, you know, a bit of puff, and the mate was leaving, and they shot him dead in the car, and that was Tex that done that as well, but then this was a massacre, all right, it was a massacre in this house, and then they said that Charles had told them to write stuff on the wall, you know, to make it look like they had, you know, been there and they were the ones that wrote Helter Skelter and pigs and stuff on the walls, that was their decision, their decision. There's lots of issues to whether Helter Skelter was actually used. Charles Manson was a racist, absolutely. He wanted a race war because he believed if he could say that black people had done this, people then would come more towards him, he would be the savior. This is in his mind, what he's telling these people, LSD'd out their head and stuff, which is no excuse for the murder and the murders of what these people have done. By the time you've stabbed one person 47 times, you clearly understand what you've done. Plus, you would be exhausted, let alone get up and stab somebody else like that. And we're talking about females here. We're talking about young women and they didn't like them because these young women had something that they wanted and that was the lifestyle that these people have earned. They had a life and it was taken by text. This murders was terrible. So you think then wouldn't you, if you've been manipulated to do this sort of murder and you've had to then live through it, and after you've done all these murders and you've done this to these people, that you would have some remorse, but no, not Tex and the others, they've decided then to go and get something to eat, sit in a bush and eat some food. The next night they went and then they, same people really participated in the murders of Leno and Rosemary LaBlanca. Now Watson was found guilty of that murder in 1971. But you see Tex Watson, when all this was over and people being arrested, he flew back to Texas, because don't forget these crimes happened in California. So then they had to extradite Tex back. And it took a year to extradite him back. He didn't give himself up. He didn't come forward. He didn't do it that's why he wasn't at the same trial as Manson and the others his trial was separate it took him a year took them a year to get this man back now listen there was some issues with the investigation into the Tate murders and the banker murders of course there was the LAPD didn't match the crimes up even though you know it was quite obvious that these were done by the same people and don't forget that the Manson family and all these people were only actually caught by accident. They went out, didn't they, to the desert, you know, and they couldn't get through, so they set something on fire. And um, that's when their straight troopers came and arrested them, really, for that. And it was only one of the girls in the cell that was bragging about what she had done, bragging about it, that actually got these people caught. And the girl that she was bragging to had worked at, at some point in Sharon Tate's house, not when Sharon Tate was there, but she had worked. And so she believed what the girl was saying because the girl described the inside of the house and um, or else these people would have got off. Now these people would have had a list of who else they were going to murder. Tex Watson was going to skin, skin alive, you know, um. <laughs> Frank Sinatra they was going to make purses out of it and sell him on the streets you know on Sunset Boulevard they was going to remove the eyes of um, Elizabeth Taylor you see the things that made these people popular what had Elizabeth Taylor ever done to them what had Frank Sinatra ever done to them and there was lists and this and this I think Tom Jones was on there they was going to remove his voice box You know, this was lists and lists and lists. Now, don't forget, I said prior to these murders, it is fault now, and actually, you know, highly likely that there was about 15 other murders of the Manson family um, before this nine murders took place. So when now Tex is extradited, you know, the evidence is there, isn't it? They, The rest of them have been you know charged with murder all of them and they they were right to do that including Manson at that point even though he didn't murder anyone he encouraged it incited it he was the vessel as they said for what um, got this but Tex is a killer he is the real killer now we don't know do we how much influence in the end Because listen, human nature tells you that when you are a killer like Tex, a big man, physically fit, where you could stab someone, not just once but 40 odd times and then do it again in the next few minutes, do this again. The rage, the hate that this man must have inside him. This man is a real killer. Charles Manson is not. Charles Manson is a manipulator, understands how human behavior works. He would have known at this point that Tex was no longer controllable. He couldn't control him. There's no way. And in the end, as with all of them, we've seen it with mob bosses, we've seen it with everybody in organized crime, that just because you might be their right-hand man, this Tex wanted that top job. He deserved it, didn't he? He's the one that's done all the work. And I'm telling you now, Manson knew that. He knew that. And the problem is with Manson is even when he went to prison this time, there was other prisoners in there just as bad as Tex that wanted to kill him because he wouldn't stop singing or talking. He put himself in solitary confinement, Manson, to get away from them. In the end, Tex, if he hadn't already, would have took over because Tex had the personality, he had the strength. Tex was the killer here. You don't need to be a manipulator, you just need to create fear and that's what Tex created. They, these people in here looked up to him, they admired him for what he done, they feared him for what he'd done because this man, is a natural born killer. And Manson saw that the minute the first lot of murders were done before this, before these ones, Manson was already losing control. There was no way Manson could have controlled Tex. No way. It's not humanly possible. We understand, don't we, about Manson's background, his history, how he manipulates, He couldn't have done that in the end with Tex. In the end, Tex would have killed him. He would have. So Manson's little followers, or Tex's admirers, should I say, were Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, Patricia Krenwinkel. Now, they were the main ones, and um, they were the ones there at Sharon Tate's and the Levankas murders, they were the ones. Now the victims were Sharon Tate, they were, who um, I said was eight months pregnant, then you had I think um, Jay Ser- um Wachek, I think, Warcek, frakowski and the coffee heiress Abigail Flogger. Now they were the ones that were murdered there. So, you know, I I think they're the ones that's made the headlines, aren't they, really? They are the ones, and they are the ones that Texas said he feels guilty now for, that he, you know, because he was sentenced, wasn't he, to death with the other ones, but again, the law changed, and then he got off, and then he could start having parole seven years later. Now he wants to become this moral prisoner and everything, and that's that's what he does. He's wrote books. I think he got married. He had four children, Um, and then I think in nineteen eighties is when it was stopped that you know these conjugal visits in prison weren't allowed. I mean, my God! Now listen, you know we're going to have to talk about it, aren't we? Really, we're going to have to talk about the sort of woman that would want to marry someone like Tex. We really we have to talk about it. I cannot understand it you know you know what this man has done you know it not only do you marry this man you have children by him. you set up a life of him you try and help him get out every appeal you're there you know the parole you're there i mean is it me i, I just don't get it and so if someone could actually tell me what makes someone do that For the life of me, I just don't get it. I never have, but I never will. The other thing I don't like is that Tex has now, you know, found God again. He's now a minister. You know, he runs his own church, doesn't he, and stuff like that because he's reformed. You know, he's remorseful. He's not remorseful because one, the extradition took so long. He's never showed any real remorse, Tex. And I think some of the parole people have said that. This man really shows no remorse. What this man shows is, really, is that all that he cares about is himself. That's all he cares about. Until this day, he writes books, you know, and this sort of thing and makes money. I think he was worth about 400 and something thousand dollars. Well, that's great, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) you know, and that, should have gone to a victim fund, because I don't believe in any criminal like this, making money out of it. This man thinks he's a celebrity, he's not, he's a killer. He is an absolute killer. That's what he's always gonna be. I mean, every pro he's ever gone to, he's lost. Thank God, because this man shouldn't be allowed out. And I can't see any governor of, you know, Los Angeles putting his name to releasing this man I mean that's a, you, that's a career breaker isn't it your career would be over listen this Tex Watson is just a killer and people write to him people want to know him people look up to him actually I've heard of one of the victims um, family members follows him church and some things you know to me we shouldn't forget when people murder like this you, you you can't forget what this man has done. He's took so many lives without a fault. You can't blame Manson for what these people did. You can't. You can't blame drugs or anything else because plenty of people in the 60s were out of their heads on LSD. And if everyone had been murdering, there'd be no one bloody left. Now, Charles Manson did say, didn't he, that he had killed others. He did say it, and it is true. And now as the police and the investigators are looking and have been looking for many, many years at other victims, there was a young girl Mm -hmm. who was uh, murdered. Now, they found photos of her with the Manson family. Now, whether it was Tex or one of the others that had done that murder, She was found only a few miles from the ranch where they lived. She had been stabbed 150 times, 150 times, this young girl. Now, they say it was probably because she knew something about one of the other previous murders before these ones and was trying to escape, and that's what they did to her, but text really liked to stab, that was his thing, and he was multiple stabber. He had the strength. He had the oomph in him to do it, he was an athlete. But 150 times, it makes me feel, probably been there's more than one, because 150 times to stab someone, I, I can't even think of it actually, how that would be, how you could do that, what would be left of this poor girl's body. What would be left so there is sort of some of the murders now the problem is is that it's evidence isn't it and these investigators are still looking still trying to check we've had lawyers that have gone missing we've had Scientologists two Scientologist girls that have been murdered and we all know that um, Manson was into Scientology and stuff but it depends what they know and um, the links to them you know, there's links there, but whether they would hold up in court is another thing. But these are still investigating it. They still want to know. So there's a lot more behind the Manson family than what people think. And this is why I say to you, I don't think it should be the Manson family. It should be the Charles Tex Watson family, because this man was the man, because without him, without this killer, in Charles Manson's mist. This would never have happened and I don't believe that Tex Watson was that influenced by anybody at all, especially Charles Manson. If you can kill people like Tex Watson killed people you would not be influenced to do it by anyone. Actually being influenced or someone having power over him Would have pissed him off. It pisses him off now that he likes to be in control. This man's a serial killer, mass murderer. That's what he is. That's all he is. Really, that's all he is. And the fame for what? You you know, he, Tex, chose his life. I've said it from the beginning. He chose his life. He had a great life to begin with and he took the other path. The man is pure evil. Always has been, always will be. And he can preach all he wants. He can do whatever he wants, write any book he wants. But people still see through him. And they always have. And listen, this has been a bit of a different story. Um of him because it's about more his character, because everyone knows about these murders. We all know about what happened to Sharon Tate and the others, we all know. It was, they was tortured, murdered and, and terribly murdered. That's what they were, but this should be about the victims. But Tex has always tried to make it about him. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. It was the drugs. It was Charles Manson. It was something else. I was looking for love. I couldn't get it from my family, so I wanted that love. You know, no rules, no regulations. That's the love he wanted. The man was probably messed up from a child. You don't just join something like a cult unless you're looking for something or need something. He joined a cult because he wanted to. And he became so high up in that cult that in the end, if they wasn't caught on that day by accident, God knows what they would have done. But I also really don't believe that Manson would have lived much longer because Text would have wanted that control. Because in his eyes, you see, he deserved it. He really deserved it. That's what he thinks. And he's the one, isn't he? Left standing. He's the one still in prison, pretending to be something he's not. So I'll leave it up to you. What do you think? Anyway, this has been Tex Watson. Bit of a history on him. I'd like to know what you think about him. I think I'd like to know what you think, whether you think he had or could have had any control at all. I'd like to know what you thought. You know what to do. Thumbs up if you like it. Hit the subscribe button. Tell people about it. Tell people about Murder Analyzed. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and on Spotify. Till the next time. Bye bye.